It's my first opportunity to wish you a very happy new year. And um, just in case you're thinking I'm moving towards open-air preaching, um, we have been on a journey of trying to fix this roof. And um, we have the builders online, but they could only start after shutdown. So please pray for wisdom for them, because this has been for about a decade. So, um, but you will be under a roof in future that is secure and intact. Am I sounding okay? You happy, Sarah? Am I? Am I can you hear me out there all right? Okay. I'll keep talking. <clears throat> so, I'd like us to open our Bibles to Luke chapter 11, verse 1 to 13. We're going to be reading from Luke chapter 11, verse 1 to 13. And um, I've entitled this, God willing, just going to be a two-part series called Teach Us to Pray. And um, I'll share, you, uh, share with you some reasons as to why I, we want to start off this year with this mini break in, around prayer, and hopefully um, we'll start the new book that we're looking at is from Scripture and, um, after that. But before we dive into a little bit more about why I teach on prayer this morning, let's read together from Luke chapter 11, verse 1. And we're reading the first 13 verses, and I'll read from the English Standard Version. It should be up there too. Now, Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, do not bother me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence or because of his persistence, he will rise and give whatever he needs. And I tell you, this is on the authority of Jesus, I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Before I carry on, I'm echoing a bit on stage. Do you want me to swap mics? It would be easier. Let me, let's try this one. One, two, is that better? That's better for me. Okay. Great. So, why preach on prayer is my first point today. Well, we as an eldership got together at the end of last year, and we're just considering before the Lord, well, what are the areas in the church that we feel that we can stir fresh faith for? And we felt one of the areas was prayer. Um, but uh, I must be honest, there's also a personal um, application here, because in my Bible reading, I'm also doing the Murray McShane plan. By the way, Mark's only 10 days behind. So the fact that he's saying he, he's, he's dropped out, it's not true. Um, I'm about 10 days behind too, just for your, I've got a few days to catch up before the 1st of Feb. But the point is this, is as we're uh, going through Luke, we came across this wonderful passage in Luke 11. And what struck me was that the promise of spiritual fullness, spiritual joy, spiritual liveliness, spiritual satisfaction is linked to prayer. And now, I don't know if you, you caught it at the end, but in verse 13 of Luke 11 that we just read now, Jesus says this, If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? 
And when I read that, for me, something just leapt up inside of me and said, wow, God, there's an invitation to experience the life of the kingdom and the supreme gift of the new covenant, your very spirit dwelling and working in us in heightened measures through this gift of prayer. And I don't know about you, but I was here on the 1st of January. I'll just say a little testimony. And um, after last year, I'm not too sure what to expect this year, I'll be honest. <laughs> Normally, I'm quite a, an achiever guy, and I think, oh, new year, I'm going to tackle this, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go, well, let's just see what happens in 2023. And uh, that can have an effect on you spiritually. You can sort of feel a little bit of a, you're going to do the same things this year, and can you expect anything different? I don't know if anyone can witness with that today. I can, right? And that same week, I read the scripture, and I felt like the Lord said, Matt, there's so much more. If you settle down for this this year, you're going to get it. But if you ask me for more, I'm willing to give it. But there's a way. He wants us to come. And it's through prayer. And if any of you here this morning, I want to preach to you. Maybe you have become a bit bored. Maybe the spiritual life has become a little bit routine. Or maybe it's become rather non-existent. And being here today is an attempt to feel a little bit less guilty about the start of the year than what, how the year ended. I want to say you're in the right place at the right time because there is an exceptional promise. A remarkable promise from God's Word. We heard from Anna Marie today. You have to choose what you're going to believe. Are you going to follow your feelings today? Or are you going to be uh, following the fact of Christ's own authority, the fact of Scripture coming to us and say, do you want more of God? Do you want more of the Spirit? Do you want to experience a heightened sense of fellowship with Jesus and all of the blessing that flows into our lives through the joy of being under this new covenant? My friend, the way God invites us to come is to ask. In other words, He wants us to pray. Doesn't that excite you this morning? That this year in Jesus, there is more than what God has offered you last year. You can come and enjoy. And by the way, he doesn't put an end point to giving the Holy Spirit. If you want fresh outpourings or fresh baptism of the Spirit this year, if you're wanting a fresh dollop of grace upon your life, he said, come ask. And if you've tasted before, what's stopping you from asking again? There's no end point to the invitation to come. And there's no end point to how much he's willing to give. And... Uh, that's what leads me to another reason for why we should pray. <laughs> Friends, I hope in your life, before you die, you discover prayer. It is something that you have to discover. And it requires a little bit of spiritual ambition. Yeah, and Jesus says, ask, seek, knock. You will not come at this through an immediate gratification pathway. It's not going to be a microwave experience. I'm very sorry. But the joy of journeying in a way with Jesus in prayer can lead to untold blessing if we are willing to be a little bit ambitious for it. And uh, I don't want anybody here to feel guilty about their prayer life this morning because prayer is not easy. Why preach on prayer? Because Jesus' own disciples, you must remember this is 11 chapters into Luke. They've been hanging around this guy for a while and they still don't know how to pray. Isn't that wonderful? Because if you had to ask me the area in my life where you had to say, how's the, how's the Bible reading? I can read. How's the church attendance going? You know, I love being with God's people. Wasn't it wonderful to start the year in God's presence like this this morning? You don't have to have a doctor to enjoy God's people and his presence. You just have to be here with a heart that's open to Jesus. Oh, but there is an aspect of prayer. If you had to unzip my heart, it's the area of my life. I wish I could be better at, not just for my sake, but for yours. And I felt the Lord say, oh, welcome to the club. Because all of Christ's disciples watched Jesus praying, and they wondered what he filled the time up with. Ever had that experience? Oh, yes. Some of you are going this year, I have done the thing before. We're half an hour every day. I'm going to set my alarm clock. I'm going to spend time with Jesus. The reading goes well because the words are on the page for you. The problem comes in when you have to start talking to this God you can't see, this God you can't touch or feel, the God who doesn't really, it's not easily audible. You don't hear his voice talking back audibly to you. And the biggest problem that you face is, what am I going to say for the next 20 minutes? I can get through my, my, my please and thank you kind of praying, which I don't want to play off one or the other. There must be both in your life. Many of you know, when I ask you, 
How is it going with your prayer life? You say, no, I pray all the time through the day. Well, that's good. That's wonderful. You must do that. But it's please and thank you kind of praying, right? So as you get up in the morning, you're driving to work. Oh, Lord, please help me with that meeting or that crazy person that I have to see today. Or please help me with money in the bank. Or, and when things happen in your day, you go, oh, thank you, God, you did that. You answered the prayer. When we know that kind of praying, right? But the problem comes down to the sort of praying that the disciples watched Jesus praying and said, what is he doing? How does he enjoy this? I mean, guys, let's just be honest here. Scripture says he could pray through the nights. Anybody ever tried that? I tried. It does not work well. And I want to encourage you this morning. What I want to talk about today is quality time praying. And I want to put a case. That's why I've done it in two parts. Today, we're going to get to the how-to. But I, I want you to understand why you should make this a priority in your life. Because when I talk about prayer, there are two kinds. And the one is, yes, I pray, but it's please and thank you kind of praying. And it's vitally important, but it's very different to quality time kind of praying. <laughs> you will find that the quality time kind of praying is very difficult. The one, the please and thank you kind of praying, is it's just to remember to pray during the day. That's the biggest problem, right? Is to go, oh, Lord, please help me with this. Or thank you, you did that. But this kind of praying, a quality time kind of praying, it requires teaching. It's not instinctive. And the reason why Jesus, when he teaches on prayer, is he's teaching off the back of his disciples watching him do this kind of quality praying. And I want to remind you today, friends, in Jesus' mind, please listen to me, in Jesus' mind, prayer is not merely transactional. Do you understand what I mean by that? In other words, we can view prayer as asking something from God, getting it, and saying thank you, full stop. Right? I think that's how we tend to look at prayer. But friends, I want to, by the grace of God, open up a world which will be a blessing to you. You know, you can be a teenager here in the room today. This is for you. You can be on death's door. This is for you. But Jesus enjoyed a kind of praying that was quality time with the Father. And the disciples watched. And the reason why I want to talk about prayer, teach on prayer, is the kind of praying Jesus did in front of his disciples. Now, granted, he would walk away a little bit. I mean, he would minister, 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 preach, 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 preach. But then he would take some time. He would get away from them. And it didn't bother if they saw him praying. It was the fact that they couldn't get to him praying. And, and he would pray. And he would pray. And, and he would come back rejoicing. He would come back full of, of the joy of the Lord. He would come back full of, of, of clarity and direction and, and, and a fresh sense of purpose. Jesus prayed in such a way that the disciples watched him and said, we want that. Can I put you at ease today? Not once did his disciples ever ask the Pharisees to teach them how to pray. Nobody wanted to pray like that. Now, the Pharisees prayed, they would fast twice a week. And it wasn't intermittent fasting, eh? It was the real deal. They would, they would pray on street corners. They would, they, would, uh, <laughs> they would heap up empty phrases to fill up the time and sound all wonderful. Friends, their kind of praying had no joy in it. Their kind of praying, there was more glorying in what people could see them do rather than what the Father really saw in their heart. Jesus is not interested in that kind of praying. He wants the kind of praying close to the Father that leads to joy, peace, righteousness, and overflowing of the knowledge of God's will, a sense of enjoying this amazing covenant of grace. There is an abundance that Jesus enjoys in prayer that when the disciples see him, they say, teach us to have the same. And I want to reset today, before I talk about the second point, is I want you to, to throw out that idea of prayer being something where you're needing to impress God. Can we just get an amen to that this morning? Thank you. My second point is, so those are some reasons why to teach on prayer. But the second point I want to talk about is the trouble with quality time prayer is you're going to face a challenge. Some of you might go, oh, yes, no, great, I, can, I want to pray more. Well, the second you do that, I want you to remind you this morning, you are going to face a demonic enemy. He is real. The thing he fears most is you laying hold of your position in Christ and praying like it. But there's more. 
is you are going to find that the second you want to start praying with more quality time with Jesus, is you are going to face the fact that the entire, I almost don't want to be too dramatic, but it's true, the entire nature of life mitigates against prayer. Can you just nod and make me feel better if this rings true for you? All right? You want to start praying, but you will feel the fact that everything in life, in a sense, is tired that you're in, pushes you in a direction which neglects prayer. And, and I was so encouraged. Part of the, the blessing of reading your Bible from start to finish is you start to read the stories that are before this Jesus' teaching on, on quality time prayer. The very two stories that are before it are, are the first being um, the Samaritan. And his problem is just the same as ours. That Samaritan, uh, he, he's third up, but someone gets beaten up. You'll know the story. He's lying over there on the side of the road. And the first guy, the priest, comes along and he sees it, but he carries on walking, right? He crosses to the other side of the road. Why do you think he does it? Because he's got to get somewhere. You ever thought about that? He's in a hurry. And to stop, the biggest challenge for him was the compassion had to lead him to, to, to stop what he was doing and attend to the need. But the problem is this. All three of these men had to get to a certain place. And even the Samaritan who stops to help the beaten up guy has to pay the innkeeper to look after him because he doesn't have the time to stay. Now, doesn't that make you feel a lot better? My experience of prayer is you are on this treadmill of getting A to B. And even when you offer it, there are a million other options to, to fill your mind up with. And the problem is, friends, it's no different 2,000 years ago to what it is today. The second you start to attend to the kingdom, the second you start attending to this life of prayer, you're going to have to find it interrupts the whole swell, the whole tide of direction of life. It, it will require you to stop. Moving from A to B so that you can rest and take time to talk to the Savior. I'm not talking about three hours. I'm just saying oh, 30 minutes. Some of us, 30 minutes, know what it's like to try and just get to Jesus 30 minutes a day. But you're going to have to be absolutely determined to face this tide that swirls against us drawing close to him. It's the same story for those guys in the Good Samaritan as for us. But the, the, the other story that comes after that is Mary and Martha. Friends, Mary, you know the story? Martha has an explosion because she's doing all the work in the kitchen, and Mary, her sister, is sitting at the presence of Jesus, in the, at the feet of Jesus. But Mary is living proof that the task list is never going to go away. Can you just give me a nod today? You will never be in the position of thinking to yourself, oh, today the stars have aligned, and I will be able to pray. Friends, we're not just talking about one day, two days. What you're going to find is the tyranny of task is never going to stop, and you're going to have to face it down. And uh, Mary had to exert, please hear me this morning, because I know what you're going to face when you leave here. She had to exert courage to resist the pressure of her sister. It was very real. And her sister made it known to her. It was very real, right? And she had to resist the pressure of culture. Women were not meant to be at the feet of Jesus. They were meant to be in the kitchen. And what Mary is teaching us is she had to make a choice. <laughs> when Jesus responds to Martha's outburst, he said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many, th many things. But Mary has chosen. She's chosen the good portion. And what she has chosen will not be taken away. In other words, it was never the fact that prayer was the only choice for Mary. She had to choose it. Can I just get a nod? <laughs> and I want to encourage you this morning. It is possible to make the right choice. It's going to mean you looking at your life intentionally, but it is possible to choose the good portion. But it was a choice for Mary. It was never a fait accompli. And friends, when we get to the how-to, I want to remind you today, when you go home, it is as, as intentional as your exercise, as your diet plan, as your, um, give me some other things, your phone usage, your series watching, help me out, what are the things, other things to be passionate about that we love to think about, our hobbies, our uh, it is literally when you are going to have to choose in your time and resisting all of the tyranny of task and all of the, the expectations of those around you for just a, a moment. It's not going to be forever. And it's, it's a portion of the day. 
but you're going to have to do it. And I will tell you, in your life, I'll make you a promise. You know, if you want good life advice, the day before you die, if you have a problem, if you have the, sorry, the opportunity of being able to review your life, you will never have regretted praying more. And I can argue till the cows come home with myself and with you this morning as to why it's important to have both please and thank you praying throughout the day and quality time with Jesus. But friends, the greatest argument of all is Jesus himself, not so. Who are you following this morning? Say it out loud. Who do you follow this morning? And don't you think it's wonderful as you read your Bible in sequence, the very first verse of the context of or the text that we read this morning. What is Jesus doing after talking about Mary and Martha? The very first thing he says, well, Luke reports in, in verse 1, he says, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Teach us to pray. Friends, Jesus himself loved and needed quality time with the Father, and so do you. Now, now just bear with me a little bit longer, because before I get to the how-to this morning, I also want to talk about something that needs a whole sermon series on itself, but it's there. Friends, the other struggle you're going to have with quality time praying is the restlessness of your emotions. Have any of you experienced the difficulty of coming to God in prayer and you are so highly strung, both in your thought life and in your emotions? Can anybody witness to that? And there is a sort of murkiness, a, a shadow of unsettled restlessness in us as a generation. When, when Jesus said to, Martha, said to Martha, 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 you are worried and upset about many things. Friends, that pronouncement of Christ is a perfect snapshot of our generation. And, and I, I want to say that floods into our ability to settle ourselves to pray. Do you know, Martha, I, 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 forgive us some, give us some time as an eldership, we're looking into this, but Martha was working in the kitchen. She was giving herself to task because actually it was a form of catharsis. It was a form of trying to prove a point. It was a form of trying to nurture and soothe and nourish this angst inside of her where Mary had chosen Jesus and at his feet. And, and there, was a, an there was an interplay of saying, Jesus doesn't point to Martha's good intentions. They were good. Sometimes you have to put down good things in order to spend time with Jesus. He doesn't moralize her. He just points to emotional state. And he says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. We are a generation worried and upset about many things. And what you will find is as a generation, we are seeking comfort and soothing. And friends, my journey is realizing this last year how I run to things to medicate and to soothe areas where I'm distressed over or anxious or upset. And friends, the primary areas we, we, we seek to medicate ourselves with are these, right? I have asked myself the question, honestly, this last year, Matt, are you busier than what you were? Are we as a culture really busier than what we were 50 years ago? I want to say to you, uh, reading history, in the 19th century, you worked 12 hours a day in those cotton mills seven days a week. And godliness carried on, church carried on, the people of God continued to worship, and did, they, they have done studies to show that impact upon basic work, 12 hours a day, seven days a week, didn't have a massive negative health effect upon those doing it. The problem has been subsequent to those studies. Our problem as a generation of, 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 of our, our space of feelings, burnt out, stressed out, it's multifaceted. One of the major reasons is we never turn off. We are actually distracted and distressed. And rather than coming to areas of resolution, 
we try to escape them. And with prayer, my friends, if the more you try to enter into an honest space with Jesus, naturally those things that are pressing in are going to raise their heads. And can I say today, are you with me so far? I'll share a little from my own life. There are powerful apps that track your time. He says, you know, I was, I was at four hours a day on this phone. Four hours. And I thought to myself, something's wrong here, Matt. And, and the second I would get home, I'm anxious. You know what I want? Is I don't want to see my kids. I'm sorry, Elijah and Sarah. May you never listen to that part of the sermon. I, I, I don't want to see Marina. I don't want to see anybody. I just want my phone. Give me my phone. And the Lord challenged me, you know, the saints of old could cope with so much because, I don't want to generalize too much, but don't you think the songs that they sang, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless cares to bear. All because we did not carry everything to God in prayer. And, and Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 is your promise, church. It's your promise today. Some of you are shouldering things that you cannot figure out. Welcome to being a human being. Can I say to you, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 is for you. It says, you know, he starts with verse 5, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And then he says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. And notice he is talking. He's talking about qualities and prayer. You can't get through these things quickly by saying please and thank you. We're in everything with prayer, general praise of God, supplication, with thanksgiving. Present your request to God. And what's the very next promise? And the... The peace, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will do what? Will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And over the last few months, I have put this to the test. Friends, I have felt this place of prayer and quality time. It has been life-saving for me spiritually. I get anxious and stressed just like you, as you can see. But today, I, I want to encourage you. We bypass the blessing of this kind of praying because we want the, the quick fix of dopamine rather than the joy of seeing things clearly in prayer that our soul needs to survive. Are you with me this morning? Can I challenge you in 2023? to assess your relationship with your screen time. Can I challenge you this year and to go, there are wonderful things online. I won't go into all of it this year, I mean, this, into the sermon, but there are so many creative ways you can learn to put this in. And it does have purpose in our life, but it mustn't replace what the Holy Spirit wants to do through prayer and through time with Jesus. And so I'm going to park it there today so I can move on to my last point. So again, you will have to face time, and you can do it creatively. I've watched Marina, my wife. She's a doctor. She worked night shift. She found with young kids the best time to pray was in the car when nobody could get at her. I've watched her learn to pray in the afternoons because she's exhausted from working 7 in the evening to 7 in the morning. I've watched her, her, her spiritual life shape and change. But the thing that we must do is we must keep our eye on the thing that really matters. And Jesus said, there's a few. You can translate that thing he said to, to Martha. He says, few things are necessary or one thing is necessary is you keep your eye on your quality time with Jesus. And I don't mind how you get there. Just get there, all right? Can you just say amen to that? I don't want you to, to, to cookie cut Hudson Taylor and all these guys. They don't live in your life. But let me tell you, grace Today I can preach with such confidence. The grace of God is moving towards you to draw you closer to Jesus. It might look different to me, but today it's for you. It's for you. Share your wins with us, please, <laughs> that we might grow. And the other is just difficulty to know what to say, but we're going to look at that now. That even now, I'm not finished yet about talking about quality time praying, because when I get to the how-to, I want you to see its place in your life. Jesus has just had quality time with the Father, and he comes out, and the, and the disciples say, teach us to pray like that. We want to pray like that. And the way Jesus responds to me is fascinating. Notice, he doesn't just say please and thank you. <laughs> is he prays in such a way 
where you realize prayer in quality time is multifaceted. It's beautiful. And the reason why it is difficult for us is because it is theological in nature. Now, that's a big word to explain this. Is Praying, quality time praying, is praying with truth that has been grasped. Are you with me this morning? So if you're not, you'll catch up. I'll, I'll explain it in more ways than one. And so the problem is some of us, we don't know how to pray quality time prayers because we've never moved from please and thank you praying into laying hold of what we are taught on Sundays, what we read in Scripture, the teaching of God's Word, bringing that all in to this wonderful conversation with God. And, and I want to use an example today. Could I have some strapping young men? Dad, come on. There we go. Mark, you can. No offense to anybody else if I looked at you. Why don't you come and bring this forward and just put it here in front. And it's a sorry excuse, but it's supposed to be a filing cabinet. But the metal ones are too heavy for me. So watch your back, Dad. Such a role reversal. He talked about me in assemblies all the time. Now it's my turn. There we go. Okay. All right. What you sow, you reap, right? Okay. Now, this kind of praying with Jesus, with the Father, actually, let's make it the Father. We're coming through Jesus, but he's, he talks about the Father. Is, it, is, it is full of content. You notice that the second Jesus starts to teach them, by the way, it requires teaching because this kind of praying, it has content and shape. He talks about saying, when you pray, say, Father. Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Uh, Luke's a bit, bit, bit short-winded. <laughs> I want to always quote Matthews. He's very easy to preach on because he's got few words. And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us only to temptation. What he is doing is he's, he's spreading out the way of enjoying 30 minutes or more of quality time in prayer. And, and, and there is shape, there is content, there is a theology that you are drawing from in this space which makes this praying very rich. And the first place he starts, I mean, if you look at it, he starts about Father. Father, he's not saying, don't call, don't call him God, don't call him Lord, you call him Father. He's going into your position with this amazing God. He's unpacking what your standing is with him. You're not coming to him as judge. You're coming to him as father. So, so my explanation of praying in this way is like coming to your filing cabinet of all the good things God's deposited in your life. You've learned from God's word. And when you get to one aspect of the Lord's prayer, let's talk, just talk about the word father. You open up a folder and you unpack everything you know about your relationship with God and the joy of being in Christ and what it means to be a son and daughter of the living God. Your whole life is being filled over throughout all of your years of life. All that you learn, you, you are filling this folder of the joy of what it means to be um, a son and, and a daughter of this amazing Father in heaven. And when you get to uh, hallowed be your name, you're drawing from all the glorious things you've learned about who this God is and what you can say to him about how wonderful he is. And when you get to your kingdom come, you're drawing about all the things that you've learned about his glorious coming kingdom, both in Christ's second coming and he's moving forward now. You are, you are unpacking the joy of what it means to know everything you know about God in prayer. Are you with me? Are you with me? Now, when you start praying like that, you will start to find that 30 minutes isn't enough. Because as you're unpacking this glorious, wonderful doctrine, not in its deadness, but in what it means to you and the world around you, you're praying it to the Father. You, you find yourself powerfully being shaped by it. And if you ask me after our I Am series, I asked it was lovely to preach only once in seven weeks because you get to ask some deeper questions about what must I do with what's just been said? One of the major application points of preaching is to turn it into prayer. And that's why the Holy Spirit series is so important. We translate it into a calling upon God. We'll look at that next week. 
the Holy Spirit, being asking for more, this relating to the I am. We, 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 we learn who this God is that we might translate it into prayer. And I'll give you a little secret. Small group leaders in this place, if you've got a friend or you're discipling, you can hear where a person's at by how they pray. Is what you believe shapes how you pray. But we must move beyond that. Everything we believe must be brought into our prayer life. And the reason why this is important that you'll notice there's content and shape is if you will pray in this way that Jesus talks about in the Lord's Prayer where you unpack different aspects. They're just headings. You don't necessarily have to say every time, Father, hallowed be your name. No, he's saying you enjoy these headings, these folders in the Lord's Prayer, which we'll look at in the how-to next week, a little bit maybe this week. But the point is this. If you pray this way, you will find, spiritually speaking, please look at me today. This is very important. You will become a balanced, poised Christian. When, when I stand like this in front of you this morning and I've watched Sarah do ballet, what is this called? It's like a plie, what's it? Arabesque, thank you. You would think by now I've read so many ballet stories, I should, I should be an expert. But can you see me? Is only one muscle group working? I can feel these are working, here's where every muscle ooh, is working beautifully to keep me balanced, right? Can I give you a testimony in my own life? When you just pray please and thank you, which is important throughout the day, you're just bringing Jesus into everything that you need and thanking for everything he gives, is you find that spiritually speaking, you can come, become a bit lopsided. Because friends, this is the reality of what praying, this quality time praying does in our lives. It, it gives us what our souls need to thrive. The problem we face as Christians in our day and age neglecting this kind of praying is that we forget very important things that we need to survive spiritually. And when you pray in this way of quality time through these various aspects of, of, of Christ's teaching, you will find rather than you falling over in one way, you will find it fortifying and strengthening and reminding you of things that bring clarity and perspective, which you simply forget. And in my own life, the more I have yielded to giving this time to prayer, the more I have experienced a stability, a stature, a sense of security and clear-mindedness that has had a powerful impact in the way I live my life. And I want to prove it to you this morning. So we've got just a few minutes left, and I want to talk about how to pray. Let's put these back in here. I want you to see this quality time praying as approaching a filing cabinet. And I want you to think about the Lord's Prayer and its headings as each being a folder. And I want you, when you pray, to have your Bible near, near you. All the time. Even if it's on your phone, I'll, I'll forgive you if you can turn it off in some way. So let's actually get down to the nuts and bolts quickly. I want to leave you with something to apply. You understand why you should pray, the trouble you're going to face, the determination it's going to require. You understand the importance. It has content and theology and bringing all that you've learned into your conversation with God, but also the importance of doing it regularly to keep you balanced and poised. So then how do you do it? Well, each of these words express different kinds of praying, different approaches to prayer. And the first one that I want to talk about today, which we will probably finish off, there's seven of them next week, but I call it enjoying your position praying. And I, I want to encourage you, I'm going to give you, you know, as best as I can, example of praying in my own life and what it does for me. Okay? I want us to be eminently practical. So, you, the way, where Jesus starts is powerful for encouraging us in our praying. 
And if you're going to tackle quality time praying this week, the first place I want you to start is where the Lord's Prayer calls us to. And God says we must call him Father. Can I tell you how many times this has rescued me? You know how many times I have had to face my prayer time after shouting at my kids, after getting angry with my wife, getting up in the morning stressed, having not slept because of something that's going down. You never, hardly ever feel worthy in prayer. I just want to put it out there, right? You feel distracted and distressed. And the big problem is when you feel that way is you feel guilty. You feel in some ways unsettled and uncertain about really whether or not the big things in life are okay. And friends, the joy of starting out, of enjoying your position praying is you start with Father. And what I want you to do is you've set your 20 minutes, however much time you've got, 30 minutes, and you can try and see how far you get the first time, is you pull out this folder and you start to pray to your Father. Your Father. Friends, you don't call Him God for good reason, because you know Him in a different way. Nor do you call Him Lord like a judge. You call Him Father. Because the second you start doing that and you start to unpack all that you know about your relationship to this God, with this God is you know through the Word of God, not through what you feel at that moment, but through the Word of God, you know this relationship is very warm because of God's heart to you as a dad. And I, I want to say to you, I don't really care very much about your children, but my children, <laughs> I know their names. I know where they're like. And friends, when you start to say, Father, I just come to you, not because of how I feel, but because of the blood of Jesus, not because of how well I'm doing, but because you have, you have called me, you have wanted me since the beginning of time. And Lord, you watched over all the years until the day of my birth, until the moment of me coming alive by the Spirit and the grace of God hit my life. And you called me into your kingdom, not because of what I could do for you, Lord, but because you wanted to have me. And Lord, you, you showed me your love through your son. You, you, you didn't withhold your greatest gift today, but to buy me, to bring me into your household. You, it cost you your son. And this morning, I worship you, not because I'm worthy, but because you want me. Because, because in your presence, not because I, I've earned the status, but because you've granted to me by grace. And I'm so grateful to you this morning that when I call you Father, all of your goodness is, has unchanged towards me. I'm so grateful this morning, Lord, that you love me as much as you did yesterday. I'm so grateful, Lord, you're going to love me as much today as you will tomorrow. I'm so grateful, Lord, that when I've sinned, you haven't changed towards me. I might have, Lord, I might have wanted, but your heart is fixed. And then I'm secure in this kingdom of grace because of Jesus and your willingness. I bless you this morning, Father. I'm so grateful. Even, even how this all goes, it doesn't matter what life throws today. The big thing of my life is settled. I belong to you. I have your eyes upon my life. I know you. You know me by name, and that changes everything. Can you see when you start to pray like that what it does? Doesn't it give you confidence that as you pray, God is going to hear you? Doesn't it give you confidence that you can come very close to him and not be rejected? Can I ask you this morning, church, how much do you live from your position in Jesus? And can I say to you this morning, starting not with your requests, not with your pleas and thank yous, it will rescue you day by day. Because what you really need in whatever you face, please look at me now, what you really need in whatever you face is a God who is for you. That's what you need. When you face your failure, when you face your regrets, when you face your frustration, what you need to see more than anything else in your life is a God who is for you. Not on your performance, but on his gracious positioning of you in his family forever. And friends, you will find, you know what my experience has been, just starting there, 50% of my stuff that I'm worried about, it's gone. It's gone. And I, can I say, you know, a wise man who I respect greatly once said, you start your day like this. I mean, Marina is such a good example of the difference between just even personality and, 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 and adrenal glands. I mean, she wakes up, she, she'll tell you at 10 o'clock in the morning, right? To get herself going into this kind of praying. I mean, it suits me at half past four. That's when I wake up in the morning. I'm ready to go. You ask me to do anything, to think of anything, to pray about it, I'm good to go. For her, all she can cope with in the morning when she wakes up is, thank you, Jesus, I'm yours. 
And you start your day that way. You start your prayer life that way. And what you will find is, church, if you will begin to unpack everything you know, you, you find scriptures. Ephesians 1 is such a blessing to me. Colossians 2, Psalm 103. The, the scriptures that you highlight, even in your quiet time, you're, oh, this is going to be good for my prayer time. And I open up now, Lord, when we're going to have time of just you and me and me enjoying you and you enjoying me, I'm going to pray through this. And I, when I pray for you and I pray about what, what Ephesians 3 asks for, he, you know, Paul doesn't ask me to pray for you that you might become a, a brilliant uh, guitar player or a brilliant doctor or a brilliant mother or a brilliant uh, church attendee. Friends, what, what Paul asks me to pray for you and for you to pray for me is Ephesians 3 that says that we might come to know our high and our wide and our deep, this love of Christ and to know that this love that surpasses knowledge that we all come to know, be filled with all the fullness of God. Friends, today, where you start in prayer this week, and I, I want to challenge you this year. I want you to give yourself to, to ways that you've never done before to Jesus. But what will be the joy of doing so is knowing the secure position you thrive and flourish in every day of your life. That the things that invite you to come close, that what circumstances can't change, that even your behavior and your feelings can't nullify, is this glorious gospel that in Christ you are received and accepted, and all of heaven is bent towards you. All of heaven is rejoicing in this amazing salvation that you've been led into, brought into by the will of God. The kingdom is open to you today to come. And you must come, but what's stopping you today? You know, you sometimes look at some Christians and you look at their life and you say, Jesus, I wish I could pray like that. I wish I could know God like that. You know what God says to you from heaven and to you this morning saying, what's stopping you? Do you know Jesus? Have you come to faith in Jesus? Is this year going to be you laying hold of what is yours by right of your salvation? How much do you want to know God this year, church? Let me tell you, the joy of preaching is calling you to the things that really matter. It's not necessarily all of the details of life that we need to have figured out to feel secure. No, my friends, you have to see the one that's over all the details. And the only way you're going to see the one who's over all the details is seeing with the heart of faith, seeing with the mind's eye of you coming daily into the presence of a God who's in control of all things and who loves you. That's what we need. We don't need a small-minded year. We don't need all of these things to be lined up for us to trust God. Friends, we trust God so that all these things will work together for good. We trust the one who's, who's leaning towards us, who loves us, who's for us, and he's not going to change. He's not going to change. And friends, I want to invite you to trust in God before you see the outcome. I want to invite you to pray with such a faith, not because of what God can do for you, but because of his heart for you. And friends, the one who trusts the heart of a father can go very far in the things of God. He's for you. He's with you. And he wants you, praise God. He wants you. He wants to share every burden. He wants to share every heartache. He wants to share every victory. He wants to come so close into your life that in the please and thank yous, you know he's there. But in the quality time, you know this God is with you more and more. There's a wonderful transaction between experiencing and seeing God in, 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 in quality time. And that translating to this God, you know who's with you throughout the day. Paul said, I know whom I believed. Do you? Paul at the end of his life in Philippians, he says, I, I have come to see that this God who started his good work in you, he will complete it. There is this confidence in God that Paul can see because of his faithfulness to his people. That when he's in prison, about to be executed for his faith, he can rejoice uh, and, and he can say to you, I know I can go to be with Jesus because Jesus is with you. Oh, Lord Jesus, we pray. Rescue us from small-mindedness this year. Help us see the glory of being able to trust a God who doesn't change. That's his invitation this year. I want us to stand, and I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Oh, Father, we come to you this morning as your people. And we want to say, oh, Lord, we like Martha. We're worried and upset about many things. 
But I'm so grateful, Jesus, you didn't shun Martha. Rather, you just said, there's a choice. Mary made the good choice. Which one are you going to choose? There's a portion for you, Martha. There's a portion for you, church, and it will not be taken away from you. And Lord, I pray that we would be a church freshly surprised this year, that in the midst of such storms, we can have such peace. I pray that we would be surprised that we can be rejoicing in the midst of much pressure. Lord, I pray that you will lead us into spaces of seeing you in prayer and believing it, that it would be like finding a fortress surrounding us. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run in and they are safe. Might we know a safety that comes from heaven, not earth this year. Might we know the love of a father that secures us, not because of our work, but because of our worth to him as children. And I pray today, Lord, that the joy, the joy of blessing you with our time, of saying we love you through talking to you, and we trust you through telling you, Lord, it would move us as a church. That the joy of loving you this year in prayer would be the greatest blessing of 2023. And I just have to ask, is there anybody here this morning that, that doesn't know God as Father? And, and you here, maybe you've known a bit about God or a bit about church. Can I just invite you? God is, God is not your judge outside of Christ. He's your Father, but you have to come to Him through Jesus. Church, could we just have a few prayers lifted up for anybody here? Just, just put our faith, just pray for salvation in the room here this morning. I just, Lord, I, is there anybody here who doesn't know God as Father, only as judge? Would you come to Jesus this morning? He is so good. He's come for you this morning. Would you look to Jesus and would you tell him this morning, I want you? Would you say, I, I, I'm dropping all my other attempts of trying to impress you this morning? Jesus, I need you. And can you say, Father, I'm coming to you through Jesus this morning. Can you say, I, I want to be your son. I want to be your daughter. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean. I trust in the cross. You say you trust in that work of Jesus for your life. Believe he rose again from the dead. I want to be yours this morning. Can you say that to Jesus? That's where you start. That's where you receive God as Father. Seal this truth in our hearts this morning, we pray. We're so grateful for this love that is shielding and shepherding us as we leave this place this morning. Amen.